Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My father is in the house. You, you do have no idea how excited I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Bishop. Bishop, we, we, we thank God for your life and for all the everybody gathered here and those who could not be here today. We, it's been a, a wonderful journey and a blessed one for that cause. And we have seen the faithfulness of God. Praise God. It's the faithfulness of God. Because Jacob said, across this river with one staff, and now you have made me a multitude. And I pray that the Lord will make you a multitude. Maybe you are like me. You are here and you used to be like me, maybe 1999. Amen. When I lived in a single room in Eastern, and I thought it, it was my big world. I was proud about it. May the Lord make you a multitude. Amen. 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 May the Lord make you a multitude. Amen. I'm so glad and I thank you for sharing this with us. We've always wanted to do this to renew our vows. It's important. Sometimes you get used to marriage and you get so used to it, you forget the commitment and, and the care and the love for one another. So, it's, it's good to reassure yourself, rededicate yourself, reaffirm one another. Amen. And we are grateful our Father, I mean, is here to do this. What a, a magnificent blessing for us. Amen. Amen. Bishop, we thank you so much. Out of your busy schedule, you, you have taken time to be with us. And God had to rearrange things for Bishop to be here today. And we thank God for divine plan, amen, and divine orchestration. So with a hand clap, offering a standing ovation as unto the Lord, let's welcome our Father, Bishop Esandor. Praise the Lord. Let's give God a clap like we're happy to be in the house of the Lord. I don't know what you guys have done to me, but when I drive into Bristol, I feel like I've come home. And I'm being honest. I feel like I've come home. Please be seated in God's presence. I, I was in a, a particular European country, uh, I, I think a couple of weeks, a couple of weekends ago, and I was telling pastor that after I finished the program, there was a little disruption with the um, uh, the flight, which affected my uh, return, and I had an opportunity to stay on longer if I wanted to. And uh, as tempting as it seemed, um, I just felt inclined I needed to get home. And so when I say that when I come here, I feel at home. If pastor tells me stay one month, I will stay here in Bristol. Give Jesus some glory. I have a, a wonderful family here. Uh, courtesy of pastor and lady Gifty. And by, by extension, I have all kinds of, you know, other relatives. Whether you like it or not, I'm your uncle by force. In the natural. 
in the spiritual i'm a grandfather to you amen so give jesus some glory and we thank god say an amen. amen and um i don't know how i i have always feared the prayers of lady gifty i i suspect that she had to go into some level of intercession because i was supposed to be in manchester this weekend and some way somehow that schedule got changed and uh i had to be here and when when pastor told me about his um uh when i say his not just him but their wedding uh, anniversary i was thinking i may have to do it on the thursday which was the actual day um but my desire was that i could actually be here over the weekend so i don't know what prayers they prayed these markets they are very dangerous people but they prayed it through and by the grace of god i am here amen so it's a divine appointment it's a divine appointment and i believe that something good is going to come out of this not just for them uh, but for everybody else but let me uh, before we we do what we've got to do uh, let me just draw your attention to something that um has registered on my spirit in the last uh few days uh, because of certain circumstances and uh, i hope that you will take some appreciation of what i'm about to share um there are seasons in life uh i was thinking this morning about how god gave joseph a dream and in that dream he showed him a season of plenty and a season of leanness but you see in the midst of all that what blesses me is that god knew about both seasons he knew about the season of plenty and he knew about the lean seasons he knew about the season of fat cows and and the season of farming and lean cows but the important thing here is not so much the season it's the wisdom to know what to do in each season and so god gave joseph insight a key about how to handle the lean season when he comes and when he followed suit he preserved not only the people of god in goshen but through joseph even egypt was preserved Amen. and i want to say to you here that times and seasons happens in life and sometimes you may be going through a season where you think god what is my plenty what is my blessing where is my increase where is my enlargement we have stood in faith and we have believed we have prayed and we have summoned we have declared and we have decreed and yet still our eyes do not see the promises of god but don't be focused on what you see Amen. come to the reason god give me the wisdom and the knowledge to know how to navigate in this season to know what to do because i know that my season will turn around and something good will come yeah, amen can you give jesus a hosanna in the house and so it is that i was looking at hebrews the 11th chapter this is not my message this is just an exhortation before we do what we have to do in hebrews 11 um verses one to three and then we will do a big leap of faith and jump to verses uh, 39 and 40. the scripture says in hebrews 11 1 to 3 says now faith in our faith say it again is it now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen is that right yes. 
Then it says, for by it. Say, for by it. Now, this is key. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, they obtained a good report. And it says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, here, something in here, the Bible says in verse 2, for by, by it, which is by faith, the elders obtained a good report. See, a good report. Now, going on to verse 39 of the same chapter, Hebrews the 11th chapter. Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. All these, is that, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. <laughs> all these. Everything between verse 4 all the way down to verse 37 is a catalog and a record of the good report, the testimonies that their faith accomplished for them. But the Bible says, in spite of their faith and in spite of the good report concerning the fruit of their faith, the word of God says, and these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Why? God having provided some better thing for us. Amen. Say an amen. amen. I want to tell the house that yes. the fact that your faith has not yet brought a promise, don't forget the other things your faith has brought and the good report that goes with it. Amen. Sometimes God enables your faith to accomplish so much except one thing one outstanding promise so here they are the bible is telling us how um they stopped the mouth of lions they subdued kingdoms and all these amazing things they did the good report of their faith but there was one promise that the bible said ask one it doesn't matter how much faith you exude it's not happening now why because i have a better thing that is waiting for you all i'm here to encourage you that if your faith hasn't accomplished everything it doesn't mean that your faith of yesteryears is negative god has done amazing things from you from what pastor shared i believe that there are things that pastor's faith is believing for that he hasn't seen yet but my god he has a good report that his faith took him from a one-room uh tenement somewhere in east london to a four-bedroom and we're believing god that god will take him from glory to glory somebody give jesus a shout in the house this morning so i want to encourage you that let your faith stand and the promise may not have come because God has provided something better for you. Amen. And it's a matter of timing. When it comes together, then you will understand why your faith had to be put on hold. Or the outworkings of your faith had to be delayed until the full manifestation of all that the Lord has for us. Say an amen. Give the Lord one more clap offering. So that was just a little exhortation amen god give you the wisdom to navigate through seasons and the patience to wait until the better provisions of god are manifest in your life well we are gathered here today as part of our sunday service in the presence of god 
as friends and family to witness the renewal of the marriage vows between Pastor Eric and Lady Gifty. To ask God for his continual blessing on, on them. And of course, to share in their joy. So, you've all done well. Put your hands together and give God a praise house. Say an amen. Let me, let me throw a few things out to you. I'm, I, I've been thinking about what to share today because um, there is a there are different things, different streams that is going on in my mind and in my spirit. Um, there are certain restaurants you go to that gives you the option of either having a buffet or an a la carte. Some are just a buffet, but some give you an option for both. And when it is an a la carte, they give you a menu and you place a specific order and a particular message is 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 transmitted from the waiter to the chef and a particular meal is brought to you and then when it is a buffet you have multiple choices there is no particular instruction to the chef uh, to provide anything in particular you are free as it were to indulge and the truth is that for as many of you that have been going to buffets and eat as much as you can you know what i mean by indulge even when you are full you want to have your money's worth and so you go the third the fourth and the fifth round till you are literally busting amen i'm saying all those to say that i'm not so sure whether it to be an a la carte for you or to be a buffet but whatever it is uh, pick something because I'm going to be given all kinds of stuff. And, um, and, and I pray that you take something out of it. Amen. Uh, some may have come with a particular thing in mind that I'm looking at a particular menu. I, I want something in a particular direction. I, I, want, I want Bishop to speak about, about my marriage or my this or the other. But, but it may be that God has also laid a wide spread before you. And um, so indulge in what God has for you. See an amen. amen. But in, in, my, in my musing and, and, and meditation concerning um, uh, what to share with you today, I, I found a few things that intrigued me. Um, let us look, first of all, if you will, to the book of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter number 3. And verse 18. Matthew 3 and verse 18. Have you been blessed so far? Uh, Matthew three seventeen. I beg your pardon. Matthew three seventeen. Praise Jesus. If you left here without a preaching, what you have witnessed alone should strengthen something in you. And as we speak, I want you to understand that I want you to see yourself as Lady Gifty. Alright? You are the bride of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the groom of the day. The church is described as the bride of Christ. And so as we speak, I want you to take certain things, not only for your personal, if you like, matrimonial circumstances, whether it is or it is to come. But as the body of Christ, I want us to grasp certain things. And hopefully... Like they have done, like they have renewed their commitment, renewed their vows, somebody here today will renew your commitment to God. 
and your commitment to Christ. Say an amen. And that's where I'm hoping I can navigate you so that that will be the ultimate goal of all that we do today. Say an amen. amen. In, Matthew the, in, in Matthew the third chapter and verse 17, Jesus having had the desire to fulfill all righteousness, even against the protestations of John the Baptist, the Bible says when he goes into the water and he comes out, a voice from heaven comes forth. And it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Say, well pleased. Say it one more time. Well Just throw a bonus in it. Well and so Jesus comes out of the water and he says, and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now go to Isaiah 42 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter number 42 and verse 1. Isaiah 42 and verse 1. The Bible says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delighteth. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delighteth. Words are important. And God is very particular on his words. Now I understand that man has taken, as it were, something that was probably said in a different language, let's say in the original Hebrew, and has brought it into English. Nevertheless, the point should not be missed. And the thing I want to say here this morning is this. To Pastor, to Lady Gifty, and to the bride of Christ. Understand that when Jesus came out of the water, he said, my servant, or this is my son, in whom I am what? Well pleased. And then in Isaiah, he, he, he uses a different expression. He said, my elect, in whom my soul delighteth. Understand that there is a difference hmm, between pleased and delight. Are you hear what I'm saying? When you say to somebody, I am well pleased, it has an inference to something they have done. A wife cooks an amazing meal and says, I am well pleased with your cooking. Uh, a man fixes the broken bed in the house or, God help us, does the laundry and the wife says, I am well pleased. Are you hear what I'm saying? And so when we use the expression, I am pleased with you, it is often related to an act, something you have done. But then notice also that in Isaiah, the Lord doesn't say, I am well pleased. He said, my soul delights in you. The word, the expression, my soul delights is that whether you have done the work or not, it is not what you have done. You as a human being, my soul delights in you. No matter what state and condition you are in, my soul delights in you. And what I want to present to the house this morning is this. As a bride, as a church, our works must be pleasing to God. Do I have an amen? amen. What we do in the house of God and for the kingdom of God must be pleasing to God. But beyond the, the, the pleasure 
the God derives from our works and our doings, we must also ensure that as individuals and a corporate body, the Lord delights in us. Oh, say an amen. God just, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, whenever, have you ever seen, have you ever, you must know that there are certain people who when they come around you, just seeing them makes you happy. It's not what they have done. It's not what they're doing. You just, your soul just delights in them. There's just a joy to have around you. And there are others who may not necessarily be a delight. I don't necessarily delight in having him around me. But concerning his work, he does his work well. And I am pleased with his work. Are you hear what I'm saying? So there is a two dimension here. There is the expression of divine approval for what you do and the expression of divine approval for who you are. Oh, say an amen. Amen. In every union and in every marriage, in everything that we do together as one in Christ, we seek that the Lord will not only have pleasure in our works and our doings, but God will delight himself in us. Are you hear what I'm saying? It's it's like this. Many times when we go, or should I say, if we go, or as and when we go into the presence of God, or we approach God in prayer, oftentimes we are not going because uh, we seek God. It is because we have an agenda, because we have a need, because we, we want some God to 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 do something for us, and so. We can be going to God, but God doesn't exactly enjoy your company. Because every time you come around him, you're not interested in God, how are you? No, no. Every time you come around him, you want something. Now, (laughs) we have to understand that as Christians, we must aim to excel to the place where God doesn't just enjoy and approve our labor in his house. But my God, when we lift up our hands and close our eyes and get to our knees, God cannot wait to open the door because he just loves having us around him. Oh, come on, you can do a little better and give the Lord a clap. Does God enjoy you? He said, but I sing. I do worship, but most of the time you sing and the songs you are singing is you are the one enjoying it. It is it is what you get out of the singing. In fact, you are the one who revels in the pleasure of entering the presence of God. So when you go into the presence of God, you are the one who is receiving all the presence, the glory, the anointing. I feel him is all about you. But what does God feel about you when you show up? Does God, is there reciprocity? Does God feel the same way? Can he say, Teresa, a woman after my own heart. When I see Teresa, my heart begins to palpitate. When I see Teresa, something begins to happen in the throne room. When the archangel knocks and sees permission and begins to announce those who are waiting in the waiting room of heaven and they begin to mention certain names. There are some people when their names are made, God is, oh God, not again.
fullness. Even the angels know that as of this one, when he shows up, his priority pass. Fast track. Are you hear what I'm saying? You, you gotta understand something. Let, let me bring a little conjecture, if I may. Give me some lines. You, you gotta understand that the Bible says that behold, um, both the goodness and the severity of God. Amen. God is not always a smiley God. God can be dead serious. Yes. God can be so judgmental and deal very roughly with certain things. So, for 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 lack of a way to express, this is illustration. I'm not putting God down to the level of man. Just so we can get a certain understanding. Yes. Imagine God waking up. He never sleeps. Yes. It's all conjecture. Yes. Alright? Yes. God waking up in a bad mood. Uh, because the church isn't doing what he ought to do. Because because the leadership, I mean, whatever it is, God is, is quote unquote ticked off. God is, do you know God get upset? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God gets so upset, he sends fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah. You study the Bible, talk about the wrath of God. So let me just, in a conjecture form, say that God has woken up on a bad day. Are you hear what I'm saying? So, as the angels are contemplating entering the holy of holies of God, Gabriel will probably speak to Mike and say, what mood is the old man in today because we don't want any problems because you know when the old man is off sometimes he says us on some serious assignments you understand conjecture illustration just trying to use human example i'm speaking in parables human experience to bring an understanding the point i'm trying to make is this if we can imagine if there was even such a possibility the God is today upset. The wrath of God is stirred up. He, he, he's, just, he's just looking to destroy a Sodom or a, a Gomorrah or, or do something. And the angels are all like, oh, this is not a good day to go before the old man. I mean, this, you, you got to tread carefully today. You know what? Can you imagine? Whilst this is going on, <laughs> I'm using Teresa. Teresa shows up. And the angel suddenly realized that as for Teresa, when she shows up, it doesn't matter what mood God is in, something changes in the heart of God. Even the angels are relieved that Teresa has showed up because they know that Teresa's presence, the way God delights in Teresa, it will change the countenance of God so they too can enter the holy presence. Oh, somebody give the Lord. I'm trying to tell you something that God can so delight in you that He'll call you a friend. He said, Abraham is my friend. Is there anything I can hide from Abraham? He speaks about, about David. He said, David is a man after my own heart. It's a two-edged word. It means, number one, David is chasing after the heart of God. But it means also that God's heart is after. He's a man after my own heart. He, he, if I look at my desire, I shall sit in my throne room today. If I think of what my heart is yearning for as God, what will satisfy me is when I see David and I hear the sounds and the songs and the music. When I hear David playing on 
something. David is a man after my order. David satisfies me. I pray that that will be the testimony of everyone here today that you will be a delight unto all. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Am I blessing you so far? So watch this down. You are a bride. But what kind of bride are you? There are brides who do their work dutifully. They will clean the house. They will look after the kids. They will cook on time. When it comes to their work, the husband doesn't have a problem. He is well pleased with her work. But what about the person? Does he delight in her? That has gone beyond work to character. Are you with me? The church must aspire to come to that place where our character, our presence, our interaction and dealing and connect with God is such that God cannot do without us. When he sees us, when we gather together, something happens, an excitement happens in heaven that even the angels cannot generate that kind of activity in heaven. That is why angelic worship alone without the worship of the saints doesn't hit the mark. Are you hear what I'm saying? That is why when men on earth lift up their voice to worship God in spirit and in truth it perfects worship in heaven. What are the angels praising God for? What deliverance have they needed? What salvation have they needed? What sickness have they needed to be healed for? So when they praise God, it is almost impersonal. They are praising God because they behold his wonderful works and, and all the things about the yamness of God that they see. But when man, when man, lifts up his voice to praise God his praise goes beyond what God has created his praise touches the very thing that God has done for him sufferings that God has turned around captivities that he has overturned verdicts and decrees that he has overruled no angel is walking around with a headache with a toothache with a cancer with a disease for them to say look at what God has done for me they praise God for what God has done for you and what God has done for the world but when you praise God for what he has done for you it takes worship and praise to a different level in heaven oh somebody I'm preaching too hard this morning go to Genesis chapter number two Genesis chapter number two let's look at something quickly from verse 18 verse 20 this is a passage that is quoted every time and amazingly every time I look at it I see something new it doesn't matter how many times I've heard it at weddings I've heard it preach I almost always see something I hadn't seen before what I'm about to share with you maybe you have seen maybe you've had angelic visitations or the Holy Ghost has opened your eyes for me it is new Amen. And I'm excited about it. Genesis 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said. Read together. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Verse 19. Yeah, go on. Verse twenty. Verse twenty. Uh huh. Mhm. 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 Now go back to verse nineteen. Listen. Look at someone and say, "You are the bride of Christ." Say it with confidence. You are the bride of Christ. You are married to Jesus. Oh, you, you are not sounding like this is a very exciting thing at all. So let me say it again. I said you are married to Jesus. The perfect husband. The ultimate high priest. Look at verse 19. After that God himself has said it is not good for what? Man to be alone. Then the Bible says, immediately after, he says, out of the ground, what happened? Out of the ground, the Lord God did what? And what? And did what? To see what? Watch this now. After God determined that it was not good for man to be alone, I have preached in the past that surprisingly, instead of God immediately producing a woman, he did all kinds of things. And I asked myself, why? God said it is not good for man to be alone. His next action should have been the manifestation of Eve. Yes. Not so? Yes. Mm? Yes. We agree? Yes. Or you can say yes with boldness. Yes. What God should have done was to bring Adam his Eve. But the Bible says rather, the Lord God forms out of the ground every beast of the field. So watch this now. When God recognized that it was not good for Adam to be alone, he tested Adam. <laughs> he brought Adam a beast. You understand? But thank God. When he brought Adam the beast. And the Bible said. The Lord God wanted to see. What he will call the beast. Will he call the beast my wife? Or will he call her the beast another name? And when he rejected the beast. Then the Bible says he brought the birds or the fowls of the air. Will you look at these birds and call them your wife? And the Bible says Adam rejected them as wives and gave them names appropriate to their station. And the Bible says, and whatever Adam called them, it was okay with God. Let me use conjecture again. Is it possible that if Adam would have called the beast office of the field his wife. It would have been okay with God. Yes. And whatever he called every living creature, that was the name thereof. If Adam had made the mistake of looking at the beast and saying, my wife, 
that would have been settled. Man would have been married to a beast. Are you hear what I'm saying? But thank God, Adam knew what to choose and what to reject. That is why, as the bride of Christ, I want you to understand when the Bible says you are a chosen generation, you are an elect of God. It means that Jesus looked at you and possibly Adam counterfeits and beasts were presented to him as a not this one, not this one, not this one, but these people shall be my bride. Oh, somebody give the Lord. This is what it tells me. This is what I learned. No groom, no husband should accept a bride or a wife who has beastly characteristics. Are you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> no man will intentionally and knowingly want to marry a woman who is a beast by nature. You know, when somebody says you are behaving like a beast, it means you are behaving like some with some animalistic instincts. When you think of a beast, you think of something that is predatory. You think of something ferocious. You think of something devouring. You think of something wicked. Time will not permit me. If you have time, peruse. Look at Revelation chapter number 13. And, and just look at the depictions of the two beasts. Look at their source of power. The Bible says that the dragon gave them power. The Bible says with their lips they blasphemed. With their lips they spoke against the saint, which is the body of Christ. What kind of a bride is the church today? Do we exhibit the virtues of an Eve or are we exhibiting the virtues of a beast? When he rejected the beast, then he brought in fowls of the air. What is the unique thing about fowls of the air? They are very flighty. They don't stay in one place for too long. They are here for a few minutes and they fly off. And I need to ask you as the bride of Christ, are you the kind of wife and the kind of bride who sticks to Jesus? Or are you a flighty bird who is always taken off when things are not going the way it ought to or when challenges come? Are you a fair weather kind of bird that every time you are not happy and you are disgruntled and you are not fulfilled, instead of staying to fix the problem, you are like a bird, always taking off and flying away. And when you hear that everything is well in the house, you begin to fly back in the house. Adam had enough sense to reject the beast and to reject the fowl. But when Eve was brought, he said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, this is is my wife i pray in the name of jesus you will not be a flighty christian in today and flying off tomorrow committed today and giving up tomorrow serving today and withdrawing your hands tomorrow all these are characteristics of the things that the first adam rejected and if the first adam had wisdom to reject the beastly and the flighty how much more 
the second Adam who is the personification of wisdom who is the embodiment of wisdom how much more will he not be particular once again when I tell you that you have been chosen and selected by your bridegroom Jesus Christ it means that he has looked at you and he has determined that every beastly characteristic and potential and every frightiness in your life he's prepared to work with you and take it out of your life because he sees something beyond that don't exhibit the attributes of the beast or the or the, or the frightiness of a bed be wife unto christ be the bride be the church be pleasing and delightful unto the lord and jesus will remain your faithful husband oh somebody uh, that clap is anemic my preaching is louder than your clap <coughs> Did you get what I'm trying to tell you? You see, you see, interesting enough, when you look at the Hebrew word beast in the book of Genesis chapter number two, when you look at that word, it is a Hebrew word which is the feminine noun for living animals. Anything that is not human falls under the category of beast. So it is the feminine noun of living animals. The point I'm trying to make is that there are certain characteristics and if you have time sit down and ask yourself when you hear the word beast what comes to mind you imagine something ugly you imagine something of very crude nature and temperament are you hear what I'm saying you imagine something destructive you remember you, you, you think of something that is is devouring it's something that you don't want to keep company with. I am throwing all these things out that we need to redefine what kind of bride are we? Yes. Hmm? Are we destructive of the words of God or the work of God? What is our nature when we're dealing with one another as a church? When we're dealing with your brothers and sisters, when you are relating to God, you need to stop sometimes and ask yourself, wait a minute, am I behaving like a beast? Or am I behaving like a wife? Are you hear what I'm saying? Am I a flighty Christian? I didn't like the way Teresa sang today. She should have sung in D because I'm a D, but she went C. So I am upset. So I have taken flight and left the church. What kind of a church and a Christian are you? So every time people are flighty because of living, do you know that it doesn't take a lot to shoe a bed? It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to shoot an insect. You just have to. Have you, have you tried going after a mosquito? <laughs> or a fly? An irritating fly? My goodness. You will take your slippers and you move like Inspector Cruzo <laughs> with stealth and dexterity. And you raise your hand and the slightest shift in the wind. It has taken off. That is how some Christians are. The slightest shift in the wind. Like something isn't going well. Or something is threatening them. They take off flight. But my God. We heard this morning. That they that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. 
It's time for bread of life ministry to renew your strength. It's time to show that we are a bride and not a beast. We are a bride and not a fly. We are not a bird. We will stand our ground. We will wait patiently. We will let our faith bring a good report because we know that there is something better that is waiting in our future. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout in the house this morning. Say amen. amen. Don't be flighty. Oh, you see the way you see the way they looked at me in church. The, the, the protocol know that every time I come, this is the seat I sit in. Today, when I went somebody else, look, we come up with all manner of things. Be careful. Be careful. See, there is an adage. Birds of the same feather do what? They flock together. Be careful who is influencing you. Hmm? When somebody comes and tells you something that makes you flighty. Don't blame the person. The reason they came to you in the first place, your feather resembles theirs. You just needed a reason to fly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, 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 because the birds of the same feather will, will hang together. So if you are hanging with me, then don't expect me, a flighty person, to make sure that you are stable. If I am flying, I want you to fly with me. So by the time you try to blame me, the source, ask yourself, what did he see in you? That made he or she feel that you are my compatron. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Me and you, we can hang. No, your feathers are too alike. It's time to clip your fingers. Amen. Amen. It's time to change your feathers. It's time to it's time to plume. It's time to come to a place where he said, I am not going to allow somebody to influence me. I will not allow my good manner to be evil spoken of. I am gonna make sure that I want to stay with people who know how to pitch on the grace of God and stand on the word of God and dwell in the house of God and do the works of God that will please God. And people in whom God delights. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout in the house today. Don't be flighty. Don't be flighty. And this one said, and this one did, and this that. And listen, listen, listen. You are you are allowing yourself to be re-sculpted. Somebody is 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 remolding you, and it's time for you to wake up and say, Lord, hold up, hold up. I've allowed some crack in my clay it's time for me to go back to the potter lord break me remold me and make me a vessel of honor meet for your use i have hung with people who have marred me they've marred me emotionally they've marred me mentally they've marred me socially i have allowed the influence of circumstances and people's issues to so affect me that i've taken my eyes off that instinctive desire i had when i got born again that one thing have i sought that i may dwell in the house of the lord one thing that i desire is to behold the beauty of the lord we have been so distracted by the issues of life that we have forgotten that god is looking for a people who can say as the deer pants for the water so my soul longeth after you god is looking for people in whom he delights god is waiting for that time where a people 
people in Bread of Life ministry who walk into the throne room with their praise and their worship, not because of the rhythm, not because of the beats, not because they like the lyrics, but because they focus on the magnitude of their God and all they want from God is God enjoy my presence. God delight in me. Let me be that individual that when I show up in your presence, your wrath is cooled down. Judge mercy tempers judgment. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout in the house today. What kind of bride must we be? What kind of people must we be? And I bring this in the light of what has happened today. There's somebody somewhere today will say, Lord, I refocus. I rededicate. I recommit. I've allowed life to distract me. I've allowed issues that are just humanistic. Social influences. Poisons, toxins, the asp and venom of, of, of satanic tongues have influenced me. And I have forgotten my real reason for being being in the bread of life medicine being a member i have even forgotten my status that i am a bride of christ i am behaving like i was before i got into the world it's like a dog who has returned to his own vomit according to the book of proverbs you need to come to the place and say once upon a time i may have been a pig a dirty pig but the lord cleansed me the lord washed me i am not going back into that dirt again I have been adorned with beauty. I am no longer the dirty pig. I am the bride of the king of kings and lord of lords. I am not just the bride of any ordinary person. I am the bride of the king of kings. I am royalty by marriage of somebody. When we don't rekindle our mind, when we don't seek to excel, in what God has made us. Listen to me. In the book of 1 Corinthians 14, from verse 12, 1 Corinthians verse 12, I told you it's a buffet. So take different things. Are you hear what I'm saying? You being blessed? I'm being blessed teaching you. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, verse 12 to 15, it says, Even so ye, for as much as you are fervent of what spiritual gifts seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church for as much see this is a situation the church is so zealous for spiritual gifts you either want to be anointed or you want to be the recipient of somebody's anointed gifts we are so zealous for spiritual but listen to what paul says he says for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts seek that you may what excel to the edifying of the church go beyond the pursuit of spiritual gifts and ask yourself how do i excel whether as a bride of christ as an individual in every capacity and station god has, how do i excel to the place that the excellence upon my life builds up and edifies the church he says go and therefore when you when you read from verse 13 onwards he begins to say that if you speak in tongues speak that you might interpret also it does go from one level to the next level don't settle for where you were yes 
Are you hear what I'm saying? If you can speak in tongues, move to interpretation. If you can sing in the spirit, move to understanding what you are saying in the spirit. Go from mere giftedness to excelling to the edifying of the church. The church has just become success minded. Everybody wants to succeed. I want the ministry. I want the business. I want, I want to succeed in life. But let me end my little, my little musing with this thought. There is a difference between success and excellence. Yes. Success is being the best. Excellence is being your best. <laughs> now watch this. <laughs> Not everybody who succeeds is excellent. I'll give you an illustration in a second. But let this truth drop in you. Success is being the best. In other words, in an arena of competition, you were the best. That's success. But excellence is not a competition with another person. It is competition with yourself. Outdoing your previous best. Going beyond what you do. So, you know how when later I was I'm good, better, best. May I never rest. Until my good is better and my best excelling is going beyond your previous best how did I serve God yesterday excelling means what I do in the house of God tomorrow will be better than what I did yesterday anything short of that is not excelling at best maybe you succeeded for some you've even taken your hands off the plow are you hear what I'm saying? So let me give you this example. Imagine, therefore, that Teresa again, and this time Amma. They've both gone to sit an exam. All right? Both of them get an A. Everybody is going to say they have all succeeded. Is that not so? Yes. Put your hands together for Teresa and Amma. Are you receiving it? From a human perspective, they have both succeeded. They succeeded in passing the exams. They both got an A. Or let me even put it this way. Teresa got an A. Amma got a B. A B in this country is still a successful pass. Not so. They have both done well. They have succeeded in passing the exam. In this country, anything over D is a pass. Now watch this now. Now my challenge is that Teresa got an A. Amma got a B. Who excelled? Who has excelled? We agree that both of them have successfully passed the exam. Now I'm asking the question, who has excelled? It is only natural that you would say that Teresa has excelled because she got an A and Amma got a B. Ah. Did she? Watch this now. What if, what if Amma in the previous exam, uh, Teresa in the previous exam got an A plus 
and this time she got an A. But Amma in the previous exam got an E, and now she's got a B. Now who has excelled? Who is the one who has actually, even though you got an A, you have dropped? You understand what I'm saying? So you have succeeded, but you haven't excelled because you haven't gone beyond your previous best. But Amma came from an E and broke the limitations of an E and shot all the way to a B. She has excelled. Oh, give the Lord a clap. We have to redefine and recalibrate what we want to do for God. Paul said, excel. Excel to the edifying of the church. Excel. Don't just settle for an A or a B. Ask yourself, have I gone up or have I come down? Don't just be satisfied that whatever it is I passed, I have succeeded. The question that is before us, have we excelled? In your marriage, are you excelling? Husband, are you doing the same thing you've done 20 years ago? The same thing. It's, it's like the story of a man who said to his friend that I have a problem with my feet. My feet is always aching. And so the illustration goes that he went to see a podiatrist who looked at the feet and says, what shoe size do you wear? He said, I wear a size 11. He said, no, you should be wearing a size 13, Teresa. <laughs> and then and Teresa says, no, Ever since I was in secondary school, I've been wearing a size 11. You see? The feet had grown. But she hasn't even recognized it. And there she is now. Her feet is in pain and discomfort. When you don't recognize growth and adjust yourself, but want to do what you did the same way you did the last, you go through pain. But understand that when pain comes, it is an indication of growth. It means you no longer fit that size. When pain comes into a ministry, it is an indication that the shoe you have been wearing all these past 10, 11, and into your 12 year, you have outgrown it. It's time now to enlarge. It's time to get a different size shoe. It's not the time to say, I will walk barefoot and leave. It's time to say, let's increase our shoe size. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout. You hear what I'm saying? It's time to enlarge. It's time to expand. It's not time to say, I don't know, these days things have become very tight. You know, everything is so painful. I can barely walk. No, it is an indication to you that it's time to enlarge your size. Amen? Every time you don't enlarge your size, does it make sense? Let me put it to you. Does it make sense that if you are size 11, you will go into a shop and buy a designer shoe because of his label. That is a size 9. And you are trying to force yourself into the size 9 shoe because it has a different name. Why don't you look for your right size and put your name upon it? Oh, give the Lord a shout. Why are you trying to force yourself in the Gucci? 
when you can enlarge and adjust what you are wearing and call it a bread of life are you hear what I'm saying? Somebody has chosen to call this Gucci. Yes. What about you? You are running to Gucci. Change your size. Amen. Amen. Enlarge your course. Enlarge your ministry. Enlarge your service. Excel in life. Do bigger things. To the edifying of the church, the pain will go. The tightness will go. The corns will go. The carbuncles will go. The atlistrude will go. The fungus will die. Because now you have built a church that fits where you are. Oh, somebody give Jesus. Hallelujah. Seek that you may excel. Seek that you may excel. Amen. Go to the next level. Are you hear what I'm saying? Stop complaining about life. My business has become no. Change your mind. Amen. Think out of the box. Think bigger. Be focused. Are you hear what I'm saying? Be what? Focus. The problem with the church as a bride, the problem with the church as a business unit, the problem with the church as a social influencer, the problem with the church is that we think too small. Number one. Actually, that's number two. The problem with church is, first of all, we don't have a sense of purpose. We come to church. But what is your real purpose for coming to church? Is it a purpose that reflects the fact that you're a wife? Or are you coming because I have a need? Why do you come to church? Are you part of the purpose of the house of God? Is the bride and the groom in agreement? Chasing one vision. How can two walk together except what they are? Are you in agreement with your husband's vision, Jesus Christ? Or you have your own agenda? You are living this way. Jesus is living this way. Huh? There are certain couples <laughs> who live together separately. They share the same address. But inside the house, they have separate lives. That is what we are in church. Are you hear what I'm saying? But I've come to challenge you. Yes. Take your place as a wife. Yes. With a sense of purpose. Amen. The Bible says of Daniel, an excellent spirit is in him. Why? Look at two, three things of Daniel. Number one, Daniel was a purposeful man. When he went into captivity, the Bible says he purposed that he would not defile himself. Yes. Daniel knew that, listen, I am not like these magicians and astrologers. I'm not like these people in this. I am a prince in the kingdom of God. And I have purpose that I'll maintain my status as a prince before my God. So I'm not going to defile myself with their dainties. You must have a sense of purpose. And you must have a sense of who you are. That's number one. Number two, the Bible says that when they tried to trap him, to bring him to their level, the Bible says the only way we can get Daniel to shift from his focus, his purpose, and who he is, is in the area of the word of God. If we can get him to compromise God's word, we have changed the man. And so the Bible says an evil law was brought. That they should worship the statue. What did Daniel do? The Bible said Daniel went into his watch this now. He opened the window. Say he opened the window. Say it again. One more time. Listen. This is where we miss it. Even when 
you say we have a sense of purpose, our problem is that we are trying to achieve the purpose in closed rooms and closed minds. Open the window of your mind. Stop thinking yesterday. Yesterday, this is what somebody did to me. Yes, you, you are stuck in this place. The Bible said, Daniel opened the window. It was an indication that he opened his mind. His mind towards God. Towards new possibilities. Towards an answer out of his impossible dilemma. If you must become a person who will excel, you have to begin to open your mind. Begin to open your mind to new ways of possibilities. Begin to open your mind to new hope. Begin to open the windows of your mind in order God can do something today and give you a grace today that will make you better than you were yesterday. Look at somebody say, open your mind. Yeah. For some of you, you have closed your window on certain promises of God. Certain prophetic agendas and people for even for bread of life ministry, you've closed your mind. It will not happen. It cannot happen. It may not happen. It's taking too long. I have come to say, open the windows of your mind and let God's will be done in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your children, in your ministry, in this church. Open the window and stop being closed in. The final thing the Bible says, and Daniel prayed. He prayed. He contacted heaven. But listen to me. Here is the mistake we make. Most of us pastors are praying with a closed mind. Mm. He opened the window before he prayed. Yes. If you are praying with the same closed mind you had 10 years ago, your prayers isn't going to change anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your prayers will get the same results you've always got. Because that is where your mind is. But if you open the window of your mind, you will pray the impossible into manifestation. When he opened the windows and he looked up through the window to the sky, you know the expression, the sky is my limit. It means that his mind was so open that he didn't put a limitation on what God could do. He took all limits off in his mind and he prayed. When you are praying, don't put conditions. Don't put restrictions. Don't limit God. Believe God for the impossible. Shan amen. amen. It is only when you renew your mind that way. In spiritual things. And in the natural. Whatever you are doing in life. Open your mind. Amen. You are a carpenter. Open your mind. Amen. People are taking wood. And nails. Putting it together in, in things you can't even understand. It doesn't make sense. And it is being sold as abstract art. For thousands of pounds. <laughs> and you are sitting there. The same table and chair. You have been doing the same way. Since colonial days. It's the same thing you are doing. And you wonder why you are still broke. Open your mind. You are a dressmaker. You probably have more skill and designer ideas. Than all these people on the catwalks. But you've closed your mind. That is not what I'm saying. Open your mind. See yourself becoming the next talk of the town. Amen. The ask for your designs. It's amazing. And you know, have you noticed that? Have you noticed? Look at the designs. That is making a lot of noise. Sometimes you ask yourself, what happened to the fabric? Did they run out? <laughs> they do something very small and they sell a thousand pounds. And you look at it, but, but what, what is it about this thing? It's just a piece of something with some straps here and all. There is no big deal about it. Meanwhile, what you made for that woman 
the dress you made for her that she took to that funeral if that thing you had an open mind to release it you become a champion in your field are you hear what i'm saying church it's time to open your mind excel to the edifying of the church when they talk about you let them say that you know something if you want real dressmakers go to the church if you want the best accountants they are in the church the best lawyers they are in the church the wisest of the bible says because of the excellent spirit in in daniel nebuchadnezzar set him over the magicians the satraps the 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 princes he set them over all the principalities that should be the story of the church we have excelled to the point that when the world is looking for something the first place they look is the church Amen. when employment agencies are looking for the most skillful the most diligent and people with an excellent spirit let's be that they've intentionally formed links with the church not even because they want jesus or they love jesus because they know that the best is in the house of god Amen. oh somebody give the lord a clap in the house are you clapping say amen because they know the best is in the house of God it will solve our own employment problems one person from church giving reference for another person they say you know what I know a landlord who had a house adjacent to me and I was renting this place and he said to me, and the house has been sitting there empty for years. I said, why aren't you renting the house? You know what he told me? He said, the house is sitting there. As long as it is empty, he's not paying anything. The moment he takes a talent, all kinds of implications come. But this is what he said to me. He said, until I have a tenant like you. He said, if you recommend somebody, I'll give the place to them. Because most tenants are just a headache. But you, you are different. That house sat for over 10 years. M.T. Because he was waiting for us because I had set a certain standard. And he couldn't find anyone. Such a good tenant. Doesn't give a headache. Looks after the place. Takes care of things. Things that even he should be paying for. I just do because I see it as my home. I'm the one living there. I'm not now going to get into argument about you come and fix that. I don't have the time for that. I'm the one who needs the comfort. Are you hear what I'm saying? And for over almost 15 years, he never increased my rent. Because I was taking care of the place too good. Are you hear what I'm saying? Now imagine somebody needed a place. And I said, listen, I have somebody in the church. He wouldn't even ask for any reference and all these deposits and everything. He would just say, listen, if Bishop has recommended you, it is enough because i have set a standard for the body of christ oh somebody give the lord a clap that is our testimony that is what we must do excel in every area of your life and if you do it it will be to the edifying of the church a lot of things you are struggling for somebody will bring it because each is being a reference point for another person let's turn off and give the lord clap in the house oh are we clapping have you been blessed have you learned something oh then give it to the lord this morning say an amen praise jesus and i'm going to pray over you today 
that may an excelling spirit come over you now listen to this i'm going to tell you something and this is the truth don't let anybody lie to you there is no gift of excellence are you hear what i'm saying nobody's going to pray when they have received the gift of no excellence is something you pursue but there is an impartation of grace that undergets your weakness where the bible says in your weakness i show myself strong where god gives you the grace the tenacity and the endurance to push beyond your barriers are you hear what i'm saying but if anybody can say here's oil the gift of excellence is upon you tell the person you know something it doesn't work that way god is very clear about his gifts excellence is not for the lazy excellence is a pursuit excellence is an objective and a goal excellence requires sacrifice excellence is believing in yourself and in your god that you can do all things through god who strengthens you are you hear what i'm saying it's not something you just received and you became excellent no it is a grace not a gift it's a grace they say lord i take this grace and when i face a stone wall i know that it's not time to give up i know i can go the extra mile for the same spirit that raised christ dwells in me he will quicken me and any stone that lies as an obstacle and a blockade in my way i will overcome that stone and i will go to the next level say an amen it is a mindset it is a determination it's an opening of the windows of your mind it is opening your hearts and lord deliver me from all the doubts the uncertainties everything that has plagued me and weighed upon me and brought me to a place where i feel i have hit my limit i can't go beyond this anymore today before i pray for you every head bowed and every eye closed i want you yourself to go to god and ask him to give you that grace say to god i am sorry you know that song we sing i have made it too small in my eyes we have made god too small in our eyes many of us are kind grasshopper mentalities we feel like we are nobody because we don't have what somebody else has remember this the bible says it is foolish to compare yourself one to another that is only for people who are success minded but people who are excellent minders only compete against their own strength from yesterday come on talk to god for one minute just talk to the lord talk to him we have an uncle that keeps the soul steadfast and sure was the pillar's fastened to the wall which cannot move I am grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love sing it again we have an account that keeps us Set fast and sure while the 
Today is a day of rededication. It's a day of making up your mind that I am going to be grounded in God and in the house of God, in the things of God, and in the works of God. You see, it is not how much gift you carry, it is how stable you are in life. Listen to this word. to his son Reuben you are my firstborn you are my strength you are the, the excellency of dignity you are the excellency of power you are the beginning of my strength but unstable as water you shall not excel Ruby's lack of excelling was not a lack of potential. Firstborn, double portion. Yes. The beginning of strength. The excellency of dignity. He had all these things. It was his instability that in spite of all the gifts, the potential he had, he didn't excel. His instability made him move away from his loyalty and faithfulness to his father and then the gifts the potential that he had which he should have used for the edifying of his father's house it was the attraction rather of his father's concubine and he went to sleep with his father's concubine do you know what attracted Reuben to that woman it was the excellency of dignity and power and the things that he carried it was the things that Reuben carried that made him attractive to the father's concubine. And when he could not remain stable and he shifted to his father's bed, the father said, in spite of all this potential you have, because you are unstable as water, you shall not excel. God has blessed you. There is great potential in you your ability to stabilize yourself in God in your work with God in your service for God is what to determine whether you will excel or whether all that potential will be wasted are you hear what I'm saying sometimes people are so gifted in the house of God then they take it out into the world every head bow and every eye close today I call you stabilize yourself stop dithering the past a double-minded person will not receive any good thing if you are in god remain in god if you're in bread of life ministry remain in bread of life ministry if you are serving in a department serve with all your heart and let your service not only please god but let him delight in you when god is pleased with your work and god delights in you your life will change. Every head bow and every eye close. I'm going to lead you into a rededication prayer. 
you can say mini v from your heart unto god or you can mind and pretend you are saying it to god you will only be fooling man god is a descender of every thought and intent of the heart today is an opportunity today your pastor and his wife have demonstrated recommitment and renewal you can do the same as a bride of christ that as a bride you rededicate yourself in your service to him in your walk with him if this is what you want to do today with sincerity before god i want you to put your heart on your heart and join me as i make this declaration unto the lord say heavenly father this morning i ask your forgiveness from departing from your ways i ask your forgiveness from straying away for all my commitment and my service in the house of god i ask your forgiveness for the spirit of indifference of apathy and mediocrity that we have allowed to enter our life today heavenly father before these witnesses and before you today i rededicate myself unto you as your bride as your co-laborer i ask in the name of jesus grant me grace that in all that i set my hand to do i shall prosper according to your word open the windows of your mind remove every limitation let me see what only you can do and give me the grace to rejoice in the report of the workings of my faith in the past now heavenly father i ask today in the name that is above every other name receive me accept me let me be a delightful bride in your presence grant oh god that this house shall remain my abode my dwelling place that wherever i go i shall be your joy and your delight in jesus name say an amen put your hands together as receive your pastor the lord bless you let's put our hands together for pastor eric Mackey, the freshest groom in town hallelujah hallelujah let's show love to bishop we appreciate the ministry let's show love our father hallelujah what a blessing did you receive anything i am thoroughly blessed Amen. amen how many of you are glad you are here god bless you